Namaste and in La Catch and welcome to this episode of One World in a New World. I'm your host Zen Benefiel and as always Namaste comes from the Sanskrit spoken it's Brahmi. It means the divine in me recognizes the divine in you. In La Catch comes from the other side of the world, the Mayan culture, ancient as well, and it simply means I am another you. So think about those kind of ancient philosophies and wisdom in your everyday interactions with others. Try it and see what happens. I am so proud this week to introduce to you a, a guest that I have a great admiration for, Dr. Irvin Laszlo. Uh, he's a Hungarian philosopher of science systems theory, uh, integral theories, uh, originally a classical pianist, and he is an advocate of the theory of quantum consciousness. And he was also twice nominated as a Nobel Peace Prize nominee. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, it's my pleasure to be here, to be with you. I look forward to our, this to our chat. Well, I, I have, you know, some kind of early questions of, of you've been involved in, in this really expanded notion of consciousness and how to integrate the higher self into the practical and pragmatic applications in the world. How did that first begin with you? What were the inklings that occurred to you early on? I know we're stepping into the Wayback Machine for a moment, but I think it's important for others who might be on the journey as well. Well, my experience as a musician, as a concert pianist, which lasted until I was 25, 26 years old, uh, that was an experience of playing music for myself, but also for others. And that is a very dynamic and very specific kind of experience. It's, it's, it's jointly moving past the everyday consciousness into some other realm. Yeah, based on vibrations and music and, and the tones and, and things that... Our brain, our nervous system resonates with that. But I think there's also our consciousness is becoming more highly attuned to the consciousness around us. And in, and in others. So it and was an, an experience that uh, made me search for explanation, made me search for understanding what is going on, who are we really, you know, mm -hmm. that's the brain and uh, uh, to, uh, to bone and, and skin and bone <laughs> individual, <laughs> but something more than that. Do you find that the creative essence in, in others as well tends to kind of spur their exploration into the realms of consciousness and, and how that all fits? I cannot, I could never accept, and I do not accept now, that all there is in this world uh, are just pieces of quantum particles moving about. And that our brain is nothing but a sort of a, a machine for generating responses to environmental stimuli. All of these you know, uh, are accepted notions in science until not very long ago. Now there's more and more they are being questioned because now there is also such a thing as a quantum theory coming forth that uh, shows the connection between things, shows the, how, how information is, is more important even than, manage, than, than, than matter. In fact, uh, as some major philosophers, including Einstein, has said that matter as such even doesn't exist in the universe and uh, so that is uh, there it's is more energy. Universe than, than, than just bits and pieces and energy or, and matter you know so i think there is also 
mind and consciousness and that but VR is much more mindful mindness than it is just meta-ness. Meta Absolutely, and, and in the, the notion that we're 99% space and 1% matter, that leaves a lot of room for that consciousness to play in in order to get through to us, it would seem, right? I would, I, I would just correct this very slightly, I think that it's no 1% matter. Right. 1% is not matter either. It's, <laughs> it's, all, it's all vibration in a particular form. Some of the vibration is, is coherent, is having the same uh, same origins, the same phase and similar amplitudes, and those come together and they form higher level and higher level con conglomerations. And some of these we perceive as hard and fast things that are outside of us. We perceive it as such, but they are not that. You know, well, so I would, yes, I, I totally agree with you. And I'd like to ask you this, you know, you, your recent books, The Upshift, The Science of the Akashic Field, The Intelligence of the Cosmos, your interest in Anthony Peake's work and what Stanislav Grov has said about your work as well. There are apparently in, in some science models, um, even Valentina Morovina offers, who's a Russian academician, offers her scientific study of this, what she calls the global mutation in humanity, similar to what you're talking about, if not the same. But in the, the, the quest for deeper understanding and, and better integration, do you find that there are some cohesive models, for instance, on an experiential level, the work of, of uh, William Swigard in the 1950s with the multiplane awareness of nine layers of consciousness with the uh, spiral dynamics and the nine levels it has, and also with Nepi and Close's uh, quantum physics model that where they posit that consciousness, space, and time are tethered across nine dimensions for our human experience. Doesn't exclude other dimensions, but just gives us kind of a framework to work with. Do you think that kind of understanding can help bring a, a deeper impact in our ability to integrate and evolve into this uh, higher self awareness. Well, we are groping. You know, we are looking around. We are, we are seeking an understanding. Uh, what we're coming to recognize is what is common to all of these is that there is a, a level of being, level of existence, which is non-material, which is beyond that, and which is highlighted or could be character, characterized as consciousness. Mm -hmm. Consciousness not as awareness created by neurons uh, firing on, in the brain, but consciousness is something that is present in the universe of which our brain is a transmitter. It's a receiver and, and rebroadcaster as it's a re-emitter, so a transceiver actually. Sure. And we are, we are, so we are entering into that consciousness field, which is a characteristic of the universe. Universe, I think this is a psychophysical universe. Uh, How do you see that evolving into our understanding and integration with the physical body? Because it too is an instrument. We don't necessarily learn or know how to tune it, let alone play in concert. What would you believe or, or even observe so far? as to how that higher self integrates in the physical form into some kind of, of let's say, a perfected form, fit and function in the world? 
I don't think it needs to be integrated because it is already integrated. It's All right. Well. So how might we experience that more? Yeah, I think there is a continuum. I think there is the first quantum particles that emerged 13.7 billion years ago after the Big Bang. I think they had just as much an element of consciousness, not that kind of reflective consciousness that we have now, but an element of senti sentience, an element of feeling the rest of the world, of, of, of not being purely matter, material things, but also an element of participating in the great unfolding, which is that of the evolution of consciousness in the universe. Now, how might we see that reflecting in the in humanity now in some kind of a cohesiveness that's reflective of what you're speaking about? Well, gradually we are coming, we are going that way. Now we have actually started a few decades ago to question the classical Newtonian materialist separatist understanding of the world. That old paradigm is being questioned and at the leading edge more and more. And gradually the idea of, 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 a, of a broader, deeper field of which you are a part, I call it the Akashic field, but this, or a quantum field, you can call it that, or the zero point field, there are various uh, con con uh, concepts for it in science, but that there is this psychophysical field, which is, uh, which is an embracing reality. The universe is that field, basically. It's not that it has, has aspects, it, it is itself. A cycle mm -hmm. of hologram, closest, closest to whatever you can call it. You can call it a hologram because a hologram, uh, all the information, all the elements that make that hologram what it is, are element in every every bit of a piece of it. You can illuminate in an in a, in a artificial hologram any one part of that hologram and you get the entire image. And that is a good metaphor for understanding what this universe really is. A totality of, 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 of ideas, the totality of feelings, of sensations, of consciousness, of if, which is present all over the universe, everywhere, in every art. And this is an old spiritual insight, and I think the new quantum sciences are, are, are confirming it. Well, you speak very much in the Vedantic framework of unity consciousness and, and our ability to understand and experience our individuation within that. How does that relate to being a better human, let's say, in this time of this great upheaval we've just experienced and now we're kind of in this experimental phase of, okay, where do we go from here and, and how do we become who we truly are together? Well, I think it's an essential element. Just think of it, I know you know it, but I mean, I'm telling the, the, your, your viewers, your listeners, think of it. How would a person react to the world around him or her? How would he react to, to, to other people? If you would think, if you would, be know, if you would know that you are not separate from them, that you are interconnected, not only connected as an, as an external elements, A connected to B, but A and B are really one to an, an, a larger whole, which just appears on one aspect and appears on another aspect. How would you uh, change? I think we know that people who strongly believe in reincarnation, for example, 
believe that, that there is more to our, our body than, you know, than, than the brain and the, the, the organism that disappears after a while. They, those people are usually not criminals, very, very, very seldom, and they don't kill each other. They know that the other person could have been, could be them, or they could develop into another person in, a, in the next reincarnation. So they have an idea that there is more to the world than this individual self here for a while and then disappearing. So if we know we are connected, we know that we are one with others, we know that we stay here through different transformation. We are just as permanent in this universe as every quant any quantum particle. And, but, and as we grow together, I think we become a better person in the sense that we become less aggressive, less violent, less looking as, as, as far as our nose and looking a bit around us and see each other as part of a, that larger whole. That, I think that will, be a, will make for a better person, people who are believing, who are seeing the new reality, which is now uh, testified to by the new sciences, then those people are actually better citizens, better human beings, more than human beings, they're better living beings. Right. right. Now, would you consider that <clears throat> in this overall cohesiveness in the universe and the attending um, levels of, for lack of a better, ascension to that in the physical body and in, in the awareness and the understanding and the living of it is, or would you see kind of this notion of a perfected form, fit and function I mentioned earlier, in a greater degree with those who are involved that understand this and then utilize their specific skill set coming out of this last period and accessing or maybe even seeking out others like themselves that then are able to create a, a larger cohesive unit um, for the expression here on earth in the physical form and the raising of this next level of how we learn to get along together better first of all how do, how do you see that evolving well it's absolutely fundamental i have i have founded you know an institute called the, the Laszlo institute for new paradigm research you were talking about the paradigms and requirements for a new paradigm what right. i mean is really a mindset how are the Germans have called it at one time, developed on Shaung. You know. I often wonder if it's a mind flow. Yes. It's the totality of the sense that we have of ourselves and of the world. And that has to be updated, rising up to the level where we can really comprehend who we are. We are mistaken. We have mistaken the world around us into a passive, sense and passive conglomerate of things out of which we can fish anything we want and use this for our own purposes. We have and, and with, the intention, with the intentions, whether, you know, uh, we, we can't really say because we're not necessarily in another person's mind or being, and yet there's this process that we've gone through of being inundated with a fear-based programming, if you will, that, that keeps us from that acquiescence to the higher self <clears throat> and that this process seems uh, and i'm speaking of the pandemic it seems to have a silver lining in it in that it's forced people to go inside and begin looking at who they are 
what they are, what they represent, and how to find that greater unity within themselves and others. Would you see that or say that that is indeed happening from your observation as well? Well, that's what I call the silver lining. In a way, the challenges we have, whether it's climate change, whether it's refugee crisis, whether it's uh, uh, the, the virus pandemic now, or whether nowadays or lately is, is the war and aggression in the world. All of these are challenges that are create disruptions. These are welcome disruptions, not the way they come, of course, we're not by killing people and, 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 and making them sick, but welcome in the sense that they question what we have been doing, because what we have been doing collectively as humanity for the past 150, 200 years is unsustainable, that we now know. It's mm -hmm. a, if you continue it, continue it, we will create an unlivable environment and we'll create more and more conflict and inequality in the world and unhealthy conditions also. So I think luckily that system which we have created, thinking that we can just do anything in the world as long as it makes money and as long as it gives us power, and that belief is has created an unsustainable world and finally right. that is being disrupted and we right. should be thankful for that. And it, it's kind of two agendas that are in process, speaking of paradigms, the people, in, uh, I'm sorry, the profit over people and planet one, which has been happening because of the unawareness of the long-term effects of our, uh, of what we've done. Not necessarily that it's been bad, but it's just been a little uneducated in how we've looked towards the future. And then there's the new paradigm, which seems to be people and, and planet over profit. Doesn't do away with the profit because we still need to be able to survive and sustain and, and even thrive. And that's our current system is the economic one. So in this paradigm shift, what do you see as being perhaps a, a critical factor within the elemental um, considerations that we have as individuals? Critical factor, as Einstein said, separateness is an illusion. That's a critical factor to know that we are not separate. We are not mechanistic, we are not material. We are an integral part of an integral whole. And our lifetime on this earth is not oriented, if you recognize what it is, it's not mm -hmm. oriented just to feeding ourselves and others and trying to in increase our domination over others and over territory. That's what we are here for is to integrate together, to recognize that integration which is there and to bring it to higher level. Mm -hmm. So we create, we're already creating a global level, you know, every challenge that we now face, the answers are always now on the global level. Get all the nations together to fight climate change, to fight, to oppose aggression, to, to treat somehow the health crisis and the, and the refugee crisis. This is all the answers are beginning to be recognized to lie on a global level on cooperation. And, and collaboration as well. There's the, one of the things Absolutely. that I've noticed, and I'm sure you probably have too, is there's been a tremendous growth in virtual communities and that are gathering for various purposes to address these things. And, and one of them I happen to step into as executive director for the Live and Let Live Foundation, which is one of those that's seeking to change through the uh, both a legal and moral perspective. A legal side is doing away with aggression 
and addressing it at a law and legislative level. And then the, live in, the let live part of it is to simply be a good human and the aspirations in order to do that. Excellent. You know, I'm not just writing books and talking about things. What I'm trying to do is to be an activist and to get others into it and to have people recognize which way they need to go at the higher level. Right. I have founded what we are now launching actually in the next couple of days. It's already, it's already on the internet, but the, all the various celebrations will come forth in the next couple of weeks. It's called the Upshift Movement. I would, I would suggest that you and your viewers and listeners have a, have a look at the, the, uh, the And I'll make sure links are in the description as well. Yes. So the, the idea is that we, together we can shift up. And I'm trying to form alliances with like-minded groups. I would love to work with, with you and your founders, your group. I've just, uh, in one hour's time, actually in half an hour's time, I have a, a, a Skype or a Zoom call together with an influential European organization uh, for human rights called the New Europeans. And mm -hmm. they're going to work together for, for, uh, to create this movement toward a higher level of consciousness, higher level of, of awareness, so that we can work, live together. Instead right. Of now, do you see these, these movements? Because traditionally these organizations, movements and, and at all have been silos, right? And, and how do you see those silos now becoming more collaborative with other organizations? They do have a silo, you know, that we have to work with and listen. And it, that is life on earth, mm -hmm. you know, we, we need to work in that context. I'm not excluding that there's life elsewhere in the universe. In fact, I say there must be, but we are not in good enough context so far to be able to exploit that. Maybe subconsciously we already are. But the point is that life on earth is the system that we have to maintain to which we need to contribute. That's our contribution to the universe, if you like. Right. And your contributions uh, through your writing, I mean, it, it's just an amazing, I feel dwarfed. I've written 18 books and you've got over a hundred. And so all of these are in some way geared toward unveiling this knowledge, this wisdom, this opportunity that we have to step up into a greater beingness. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's the, key, it's the key being in us. I think you agree with that the key, the, the code that we need to operate with is in us, in our consciousness. And if you turn inward, you'll find it. Whereas if you just try to search for authority by, by legislation, by politi political and military means, you'll miss the point. So I think the, 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 the movement that we need is a movement of self-recognition recognizing what I call the attractor. I, I, I use this term which comes from the system sciences of attractor. An attractor is an element that, that organizes, that, factor, that features and forms a movement. And I think the attractor that is so dominant in, on the, in the universe, which we have not recognized because we have simply closed our eyes to it, but right. the attractor is one toward, un, toward unity, toward oneness, toward coherence, and that is now with sensitive people that express as love, you know, love, love for the other. That means being coherent with others is means being attracted to them without recompense. I mean, unconditionally. 
Absolutely. And even in, you know, one book that everybody refers to is the perfect love is fearless. There, it's, you know, has the, the absence of fear and that we've often misunderstood that, you know, we were told we're given dominion over the earth. Well, we didn't really understand that that meant stewardship, not the dominance and control that you mentioned through the governments, the military and whatnot, who were simply um, working on, you know, acquiring assets and, and resources and control, that this new element it releases all that. It acquiesces to a state of oneness to begin with, but it blows the mind of those who are so intrinsically trapped into this old paradigm. So what are some key elements that we might engage in, in our thinking and our being and our doing to loosen up those reins of the past in order to step into a more open future. So, so one of the initial elements I claim in this new book called The Upshift, one of the first steps is to forget. We have, we have been brainwashed into a kind of a thinking and, and a kind of a paradigm, if you like, mm -hmm. which just features the individual as though the individual would be all and everything else has to serve in the individual never mind the rest, as long as we can benefit that individual. And that means that we are breaking apart the coherence of that totality of life in which we live, because we just put forth only one element of it. That's what we are, that's what we want to champion. And that breaks the system open and creates conflict, creates competition of the kind that's not productive. So I think what we need to do is first of all, recognize that we are full of beliefs and values and precognition, preconceptions that are not useful yeah. and are very counterfunctional today. And, and to be able to suspend those for a moment in consideration of something more. I don't know that we can totally, you know, sever the past because it's so deep in our bodies and our cellular memory and, and all those kinds of activities. And yet there is that ability to, as a free agent, to have the choice to simply step back and observe them as they come up and then set them aside and okay what's the other side of that that we could consider because we're looking at you know kind of a polarity shift in in a way and the, the binary system that we've been brought up with is actually tertiary because there's another element of it that unifies there are a lot of positive elements as well, I and mean, we survived so far as, as it became, became a very complex planet-wide system, an enormous accomplishment. But we have created a, a, a direction of move, moving forward, which is unsustainable and which leads to the breakdown of the system simply for being myopic, just right. looking right. one thing at a time. Now, you do. Do you feel that in this? movement towards greater cohesion, which also recognizes possibly the patterns in the chaos that actually reveal order and give us a better idea of what's going on. Do you see this as, as being um, a way for us to kind of step back and, and see the greater order, diminish our fears, and move towards a, a an awareness in self, first of all, and then reflect that from this place of love that, that you speak of. And, and honestly, it, it, you and I both know and others, I, I'm sure when you feel that there is such a deep 
coherence and resonance and safety even in that where there's the ability to step into something that the universe may have in store for you that you haven't considered yet. It's a rec incredible recognition. It's actually a very comforting recognition, even you might say joyful, that we are not little passive mechanical pawns on a large chessboard, but we're really integral elements of a larger system, which is alive, which is moving and evolving. The entire universe is that larger system, but it expresses itself on this planet as life, is life in all its dimensions. We are an expression of that. So, and we can carry that expression to new heights if we only act in recognition of what we are, who we are, and that system is. It's an old spiritual insight. It's there in all the religions, in all the spiritual systems. It's not there in Adam Smith. It was there actually in a way, it is there in, in, in Darwin, but you have to read carefully Darwin. He talked more about cooperation than about fitness actually. Right. And from the aspect of, you know, being cosmic consciousness condensing into form, which is another way of expressing what you're talking about, we get to the place where we move so far away from that, that we become satiated or we seek satiation of the senses rather than the satiation of the consciousness, because there's a, a, a physical experience that tends to kind of move us away from that ancient knowledge and wisdom because of, of our willingness to engage in the, the physical satiations rather than the, the emotional or spiritual ones. Well, it's old paradigm, old mindset. Mm -hmm. We have to transform it. Normally it would take a long time, but we don't have that time. And there is so much challenge now in, in the form of disruptions that actually is pushing us. You can't do it just a bit at a time. Now we either start get going and do it or we simply won't make it. Evolution is, is, is a very clearly, it says two possibilities always, we move further or fall back. And we can't stay as we are. We are in this process, also known as a bifurcation, a process which, which actually can create that disorder which leads to a new order. So, Let's be aware of that. Let's greet it. Let's be happy with it. And let's make use of it. Absolutely. It's a fantastically important time and transformation in, in the history of humanity. And we can now recognize what it is, who we are, and we can now start acting as a conscious agent of evolution instead of just a little pawn looking for its own tiny little benefit. Right. And I, I know we're pressed for time. I'd like to ask you one more question that I think has relevance. And in, in, in this development of cohesion, of unity, um, greater harmony, would you um, intimate or, or conceive that in so doing that the time necessary to learn how to work together or create whatever is necessary in order to take us to the new next level would be truncated because there's less entropy in that process. Well, we are dealing with a quantum system that communication is, can be instantaneous. 
we are communicating through the electronic networks. We can we are also communicating through our mindset, through our consciousness. And, and our conversations mind. rippling through the thought sphere as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm just reminded, uh, saying that over a hundred years ago, it's remarkable in early affairs, yes, James Jeans, a famous astronomer at the time, said, when you look at the cosmos, at the universe, you recognize that this universe is more like a big thought than like a big rock. And that comes from an astrophysicist, you know, like a big thought. And I think this, this is a living, thinking, evolving universe of which you are a part of, which life is a high level expression. Let's be proud that we are part of that, but not let's set ourselves off against the rest. Let's move with the rest to move to still higher levels. That's our cosmic destiny or cosmic task. And such a wonderful one to be present, alive and able to participate in at this time. It is. That's the, that's the feeling that we need to have. That's the sense. That's the orientation. I'm grateful to people like to yourself and to other people, few of them perhaps, but they're growing in numbers like you and like we, we who recognize that we live on a, in a hopeful time. Let, let me just add one more word, one more turn to this that I've discovered that's been used by some biologists, population biologists, evolution biologists. The term is hopeful monster. Hopeful monsters. We are hopeful monsters. Why? Because we are monsters. We don't fit into the current framework, but we are hopeful because a framework is evolving and we might find ourselves fitting into a new framework. So I like to think of myself as a conscious hopeful monster. Uh, and, and I'll reflect that as well from me, a conscious hopeful monster and, and learn how to play better. Well, you're doing wonderful. Thank you for this conversation. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Laszlo, and much continued success. And I look forward to whatever progress we can have together as well. Let's join together in this upshift movement. I think there's a lot of potential that I'm very open to working together. Good. An upshift and an upwising for humanity. Indeed. Thank you so much again. And namaste and in la catch. Thank you so much for listening in to this truncated version of One World in a New World. I'm your host, Zen Benefield, and I will see you next time.